Forest City Church. Anyone and everyone. Last week, Trevor kicked off a series around prayer. We, we want to look at what would it look like in 2024 if prayer was central to our lives. And I was thinking, you know, if you think about prayer, where's one place you can go where you'll see people praying a lot? Like, in fact, I, I would sort of argue that this one place, there's more prayers going on in this one place than any church in the U.S. And it's, I, I experienced firsthand, it was standing in line at Space Mountain. Walt Disney World. Oh, guaranteed you. Like, there was this lady, this happened. Um, We're standing in line at Space Mountain, if you don't know, it's a roller coaster, and it's all in the dark, and it is quite terrifying, and it's kind of old, so that's terrifying. And this one mom did not want to go on this, but she wanted to be a good mom. And so the whole time I was listening to her pray Jesus' name under her breath. She's like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. The whole way through the line. And then she got on the roller coaster and um, she said Jesus' name mixed with some other words. Um, but, but the truth is, like, there's something in us that sort of, when, when we get into these spots where we know to pray, right? In fact, there was... Uh, just a survey recently where Americans were asked about spirituality and the one of the things, six out of 10 Americans said they still believe in prayer. And and so in 2024, what would it mean for us as a church to to be more than people that prayed in the line at Space Mountain, that, that prayed only in these moments when we were in need, but what if prayer became this thing that we were engaged in like regularly. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to continue to look at the Shema. Now, the Shema is the most famous prayer in the Bible. It is a daily prayer that the ancient Israelites would have prayed, and it is still recited today by the Jewish people. And we find this prayer in Deuteronomy, in the Old Testament, in chapter six, verse four. And here is this ancient prayer that we're gonna study. It says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Now, Trevor kicked us off last week as we began to dissect this little prayer and learn about this little prayer. And he talked a little bit about um, hear, O Israel. The idea that This prayer wasn't meant just to hear because in the Hebrew, hearing and action were tied together. So the idea is like when we hear from God, when we hear him talk to us, we do something with it. It's not just for us to learn something, it's for us to go and do something. And if you haven't listened to the message, I'd encourage you, go back and, and, and listen to it on the podcast. This prayer was central to the people of God. It was central to our rabbi Jesus. It it would have been, in that time, a prayer that was formative to Jesus. And we see it in his teaching. If you go into the New Testament, in Mark chapter 12, verse 28, it says that one of the teachers of law had come and heard them debating. They're talking with Jesus. They noticed that Jesus was giving them a good answer. So then he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus answered, hear, O Israel, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord God with all your heart and your soul and all your mind. And second, love your neighbor as yourself. This was central to Jesus. So this prayer has something 
to teach us. To teach us about prayer, to teach us about formation, to teach us about discipleship. And so before we dive into one specific word within this prayer and begin to sort of pull it apart, I want us to pray this prayer together, to recite this prayer together. So put it on the side screens and let's, let's pray this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Amen. Um, I, I, I was tasked with teaching, and what we're going to do over the next few weeks is to pull apart a few words within this prayer and help us understand um, how we're formed, how we're made, how prayer changes us. And the, the word we're going to talk about today is the word in that prayer called soul, your soul. So, so here's a question. What is your soul? Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought, like, what, what is my soul? Because we talk about soul, soul care, soul tired. What is it? What is the soul? And when I was growing up, I was a kid of the 80s, okay? And um, so... You know, being a kid of the 80s, we didn't have all of the different cartoons and cartoon networks. We had three channels, right? And you turned it on a knob, right? This was pre-cable. And Saturday morning, you woke up and you watched cartoons. That's when you watched cartoons. You didn't have cartoons whenever you wanted them. You had to wait till Saturday morning. And there was one cartoon that I, I really liked. And this cartoon, for me, if you would have asked me as a church kid, what is your soul? This cartoon is sort of how I thought your soul was. It was the cartoon Casper, the friendly ghost. Anybody watch that cartoon? I know some of you are like, oh, but my mom wouldn't let me watch it. Um, Casper, the friendly ghost. I, I would think often, and often when we think about our souls, I think we think about our souls like Casper, the friendly ghost. That in us, there is this ghostly thing that got put in there, and one day when we die, it's gonna come out and, I don't know, float around a little bit, and then it's gonna go up to heaven, and it's gonna sit on the cloud. And it's gonna strum a harp. And that's what we're gonna do, just white wings, Casper, doing a harp. But, but is that your soul? Well, I'm gonna go backwards before we go forward. To say that Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we get an, sort of an insight into how we're made. It, this is what the writer says. It says, the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, and he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Look, God didn't make our body and then put a soul in it like a letter in an envelope. So this isn't what happened. He formed the body from dust, then he breathed divine breath into it. He made the body of dust alive. And it's not a letter, and when the letter goes away, then the, or the body goes away, then the letter's gonna float to heaven. Our, our soul, all of it is something different. In fact, this is how Dallas Willard, who I think is one of the most foremost thinkers, uh, he's no longer with us, but in terms of spiritual formation, how our bodies, our minds work, how our souls work, he says this about the soul. He says, your soul is your life. 
beyond, but not independent of your body. It's the center of who you are. The soul is the most basic level of life in the individual, the one that is by nature rooted in God. A few years ago, I was here, um, this was back when I was the youth pastor, a guy named John Ortberg, Rock Fortian, brilliant thinker, was here at our campus and he was talking about the soul and he, he sort of took what Dallas said and he, and he brought it down where someone like me could understand it. Because even then I go, okay, but what does that mean? Like, what does it mean? What is your soul? If the soul's so important to this prayer and our life, what is it? He, he said it this way. <clears throat> he said, Each and every one of us are made up of three distinct parts, right? You're made up of one, your body. This flesh, this bone, that is part of you. The second piece you're made up of is your mind, the way you think, your brain, the thoughts you have. And then he said there's a third part of you. He called it your heart, but it would be your emotion center, right? The, the, the place where you have those feelings. So there's your body, your mind, your heart. John said this. He said, your soul is the sticky substance that puts all of that together. That's who you are. Your soul. So when you think about your soul... Jesus isn't talking to just your mind or just your heart. He's talking to all of you. All of that that makes you, you. So, if that is true, how do we then care for all that is you? Because this is what I've learned about formation, spiritual formation, the soul. Every one of us typically leans more heavily to one of those three areas and neglects the other two, one or two, right? So you might be someone who's really great with the body, you know? It's like you eat well, you you don't go to Lino's Pizza, or you don't go to Lino's and eat it late at night when you're not supposed to. You certainly don't eat it for breakfast, right? Some of you are good with the body, but maybe your mind, you struggle with some of the things that go through your mind. Uh, some of you, the body you struggle with, right? It's like, man, I'm, I, I have issues and, and I, I, I like my donuts. I did, it, I did it this morning. You know what I did this morning? I'm going to tell you what I did this morning. I got up this morning. I made overnight oats because that's what I'm supposed to do. I brought it to church, set it on my desk, walked past the donuts, I ate the donut. The overnight note's still on my desk. Um, some of you, the mind you can get right. You, you love to study, be in God's word, learn new things, but the body, maybe not so much, and the heart center and your emotions, or maybe um, you're somebody who, man, you know how to keep your emotions in check, but you struggle with one of the other two. In all of our lives, We tend to be pretty good at one or two of those, but there's a third that gets in the way. And what we often do is we sort of think, well, I'll just push that aside. That's not really spiritual formation. But if we're going to love God with all of our soul, we have to learn to be formed in all three of those areas. 
I had, um, had someone come up to me and say, you know, my soul's tired. And I said, all right, say more. Well, I just think it's a time management thing and I'm just exhausted. And I said, well, say a little bit more. And, and this person went on to sort of tell me about their rhythms of life and how are they living. And I said, you know, can I, can I challenge you on something? I said, maybe your soul is tired is because it isn't about the balance of your time. It's about you have something out of whack between one of these three areas in your life. I don't know which one, if it's your mind, if it's your body, if it's your, your heart center, but one of these you're spending too much time on, and the other, you're just neglecting. Now, I can tell you in our tradition, in our tradition in this day and age, we tend to be heavy on our mind when it comes to spiritual formation, and the other two, we sort of don't pay as much attention to, right? Formation is get up, read something, write something, and I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't do those things. Of course you should but we've ne neglected the reality that our feelings center our heart and our bodies are part of being formed. It is our soul. And so if we're gonna pray, we're not just gonna say words. If what Jesus' prayer is a guide for us, then the reality is it is a guide for us to walk into all of us. We are to love the Lord our God with all of us, with this body, with this mind, but with my emotions. That means I can't just have spiritual thoughts or spiritual feelings. I have to do spiritual things. My body has to follow my mind and my heart and vice versa. So how then do we attend to the whole you? And and the reality is we could probably do a whole series around this, around formation and how we're formed spiritually. But if 2024 is gonna be different for you and you're gonna love God with your whole soul, that means your whole mind, your whole body, your whole heart, I'm gonna give you just a few pointers this morning that honestly I think are um, ways to strengthen all of you. And, and I'm gonna... Call it the vowels of the soul, not the bowels of the soul, the vowels of the soul with a V. A, E, I, O, U. Five things to remember as you begin to craft and shape your soul. So what are they? Number one, A, a tune, a tune. Um, when I was a kid, I already mentioned, forementioned that I was a kid of the 80s. Uh, we had, back in the day before the cable came, <laughs> we had these things called rabbit ears. Anybody remember rabbit ears? Any rabbit ears, folks, right? You remember that? Because, like, the way it would work is, for those of you kids in the room who um, don't know how this works, we would get the wave out of the air through these metal antennas that hooked to the TV. And if you turn the channel to channel four or channel whatever, and it wasn't quite right, Dad would say, hey, you need to go up and fix the rabbit ears. And so you'd move it around and you'd have to get it just right. And sometimes um, if you really were struggling with getting a signal, like if there was a game on in Wisconsin and you really needed it, you'd go to the drawer and you'd pull out tinfoil, huh? And you'd put some tinfoil on the end, right? And it'd go way up. And then if you really needed it and the tinfoil wasn't working, your dad would just make you hold the metal because it comes to find out you're a pretty good receptor of these signals, <laughs> So I was thinking about like the A of, our, of, of, of crafting 
a, a, a very intentional process of loving God with our soul. And this A, a tune, is sort of like the antenna. What would it look like if every single day, before you started anything, you took your body, your mind, and your soul, and you just stuck an, stuck an antenna up every morning to sort of see what waves God were putting out? That's it. Your body in a quiet space, your mind free from thought, and, and in the morning, your motion center is at its best, unless you picked up your phone and got riled up. The A, the attune, this intentional step of just putting an antenna up and, and, and sensing what's in the air. What's God up to? It leads to the second of the, the vowels of the soul. We, we, we learn to attune our body, our mind, our hearts, and then the second piece is we take what we're attuning and we imagine how we embody it. E embody. Now, the embody piece is like, well, that sounds like a super fancy word, and I guess it sort of is, but it really is this idea that someone or something takes a quality and then um, a quality and, and they figure out how to live that out exactly. Embodiment can be simply defined as living life informed, informed through attunement. So in other words, if you're attuning to what God is doing, kind of processing, what does that mean for me today? Embodiment's just like, what is it gonna mean for me today? I'm a big believer in sitting quietly with the Lord. One of the things I do first thing in the morning is have a very specific spot, a very specific position, and, and, and I, I, I see my body as part of this process, and I just listen, five minutes of listening. But then I take it after attunement and I think about how then will this impact my day? Who is it that I need to forgive? What do I need to process? What's my next step? That's embodiment. It has to go from up there to down here. Make sense? That's A, E, and it goes to I. I is integrated. Now, we've already talked about this, but I wanna re-hit it. When we're embodying when we're taking what God's doing out here and we begin to think about what he's gonna do down here, we have to remember, it's not just up here. It's what is he gonna do up here, in here, through here. Integrated is all of me together. Look, I will tell you that most of us live disintegrated, where one part of you isn't really well connected to the other part of you. You don't like the way your brain works. You don't like the way your emotion centers work. You don't like the way your body works. We typically are disintegrated. When we're disintegrated, if, if it is true that the soul is the sticky stuff that keeps us together, you can see that kind of rips your soul apart. You can't leave any one of these three pieces out. So whatever God's doing up there and he's bringing it down here, it's for all of me. Integration is just like it's all of me, all of me. I'm gonna bring my body into this thing. I'm gonna bring my mind into this thing. I'm gonna bring my heart into this thing. And that leads to the fourth of the vowels and it's, and then I'm gonna order my steps today. Just a plan. It's a fancy way of a plan. 
Here, here, here's the truth. You are being formed all of the time. The real question is, will you be intentional about the way in which you are formed? The, the world's forming you all the time. There are waves, let's use the antenna as a good example. There are waves getting thrown at you all the time. These airwaves getting thrown at you all the time. People have access to you almost 24-7 in ways that it wasn't the case 30 years ago. You are being formed, and if you are not intentional about formation, you do not order your steps, you will be formed into whatever it is you're allowing to form you. Could be a sports fan. Could be a political news. I don't know. But ordered is just intentionality. It's making a plan, right? So I attune to what God's doing every single day. That's my A. I embody this. I bring it from up there to down here into me. I think about what it means for the whole me, and then I make a plan this day. Whatever that plan is, a plan to be with him, to walk out the faith, to, to, to what we would call classic discipleship. You know, in Jesus' day, I think why this is what it would look like for a Talmudid, a follower of Jesus, right? A rabbi would take on these 12 disciples and they would follow him. Not, not just think the way he thinks, but there are stories of disciples that would crawl in and sneak into the rabbi's homes at night to listen to how their rabbi slept, to try to mirror their sleeping patterns and the way they brushed their teeth. They, they wanted to be like their rabbi. But it was absolutely the same process to attune to what that rabbi, and then think, how does that apply to me? And how does that apply to all of me? And what will I then do with it, ordered? And it leads to the last of the vowels. We must be unwavering. Unwavering. Commitment. Stick with it. Unwavering in the process of allowing our soul to be formed. You know, Jesus says this in Matthew 16, 26. He says, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? In other words, if you lose your whole self, who cares, right? See, because this is what I know, that every single one of you, God thought you up. He did. He, he thought you up. And the journey in this life is to be formed into that person. Here, not just someday when we float off onto a cloud, but now. And so, the challenge for us this year and the worship team is going to come back out, is to consider what would it look like to allow prayer to form us, to be formed into body, mind, heart, the likeness of Jesus by attuning to what it is that he would have us to do. 
by embodying that, bringing it from up there, down here, integrating it into my whole life. Right? And I'm convinced that if we will be ordered and then we are relentless, right? That we will find that our bodies, our minds, our hearts begin to be aligned to things that God wants for us. I'm gonna ask you to stand. We're gonna end quickly with worship. And here's why I think worship is so valuable. Think about it. Singing worship songs, I oftentimes hear people go, why do we do so much of it? You know, it's one of those rare practices where all three parts of you get involved. Your body's involved. I mean, some of you, even though you don't sing, I see that little leg tapping, right? Our body's involved. Our mind's involved as we sing, oftentimes this theology of our God. And then like music does, I can't explain it, it often invokes feelings, doesn't it? I mean, this is why musical worship is so important. It's why we do so much of it is because it involves the whole self in this process. And so as a way to seal today and look forward to next week as we dive into a few more words in this prayer, I'm just going to invite us to engage with, with our body, with our mind, with our heart, and to attune in this moment uh, to what God might have for you right now. Let's worship together.